Well, I want to talk to you tonight about the return of our Lord Jesus Christ and what our responsibility is in the interim. Of course, the Bible says that, let me, let me ask this first of all, how many believe that Jesus is coming back soon? I believe that every hand of every believer should go up on that one. You say, well, why? Because if we expect Jesus to come back soon, I think that changes our perspective. I think that gives us a sense of urgency. And I think that helps us to uh, at least be in pursuit of what we should be doing until he returns. Uh, there in the book of Mark 13, in verse 32, it says this. It says that no man knows the day or the hour. No one knows the day or the hour. And, and, and check this out. It goes on to say, not even the angels in heaven, nor the sun. Uh, just in case y'all don't know, the son is Jesus. <laughs> but it says that even the son don't know. And he says, only the father. Only the father knows this. This is hidden in the heart of God, and he has not revealed it. He has not disclosed it to anyone. But it goes on to say in verse 30, 33 of that, uh, that passage there in Mark, it says to take heed. Take heed. Y'all know what that means when it says take heed? Pay close attention. Come on, saints. Pay close attention. Say that. Pay close attention. Take heed, and he says to watch and pray. Watch and pray, for no one knows the time that that is. No one knows when that is. So last Wednesday, uh, of course, last week was a prayer and fasting week, and we talked some last week about uh, the where he says, take heed, watch and pray, right? But that's not all that he says. So, 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 so if the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back and no one knows uh, when he is returning except for the Father himself, the question might be then for believers, what should we be doing in the interim? What am I supposed to be doing until Jesus returns? Well, he answers that uh, to some degree in that, uh, that passage that we just quoted, right? Mark 13, 32 and 33. He says to watch and pray. Take heed, watch and pray. But he also tells us or something further in terms of what we're supposed to be doing until Jesus' return. There in the book of Luke, 19.13, right? Jesus says, occupy until I come. Occupy until I come. What do you mean, occupy, Lord? I'm sitting on this pew right now. I'm occupying this pew right now. Lord, what do you mean, occupy? I go to work every day. 
What do you mean occupy? I take care of my children. I provide. You know, I clean my house. I do badad on and me. I do all of this. What do you mean occupy, Lord? So Jesus says, take heed. Say it again. Pay close attention. So pay close attention what we are going to see from the word of God tonight in terms of what he means when he says that we are to occupy. Yes, we are to pray. Yes, we are to watch. But how many know that uh, our prayers uh, should, there should be some feet put to our prayers. (laughs) I don't know, I just get tickled. Is that a word, tickle? Really? (laughs) I know my mama used to say it all the time. Tickle. So, <laughs> I don't know, I just, when, I don't know, when I get up here, just stuff happens. <laughs> All type of stuff be going through my head. I thank God I don't have to uh, say everything that I think. Right? We practice restraint. So, so he says, <laughs> so he says, he says that to, to take heed, Watch and pray. And then in Luke, he says to occupy until I come. Occupy until I come. Now, there are three things, three things uh, that is commanded of, uh, of the church, and they are connected to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Three things, right? Number one, holiness. Holiness. Right? <laughs> I want you to turn uh, to a second Peter, second Peter. And we're going to look at uh, chapter three. So the church believers are to occupy. We're to be taking care of business, we could say, right? The church. The church is supposed to be taking care of business, right? I said, how, how many belong to the church in here? I said, the church is supposed to be taking care of business, right? Yeah. Occupy, occupy. So, so one of those three things that are connected to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and is actually is commanded is holiness. Second Peter chapter three, gonna read this from the New Living Translation. Verse 10 says this, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will, mit, will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Verse 11, therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? So we move down to verse 14, if you would. Verse 14 starts this way. Therefore, say therefore again. Beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Listen, God expects the church, God expects believers to live an upright and holy life. Listen, we are the light of the world. 
We are to set uh, 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 the, the standard of holiness in this earth. There, 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 uh, uh, in uh, Matthew 5 and 48, Jesus said this. He says, be ye holy, even as your father in heaven is holy. Y'all lift your hands and just worship God for a minute. Go ahead. You know what you're doing? You're worshiping the holy one. He's the holy one. God is holy. Be ye holy even as your father in heaven is holy. So holiness is one of the things that is connected, uh, the holiness in the church, holiness uh, where believers are concerned, is one of the things that is connected to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, lifestyle. Lifestyle. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, in verse 8, Jesus said this. He says, B, you will be witnesses. You will be witnesses. <laughs> My lifestyle, your lifestyle, should be a witness and a testimony and representative of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. This is the way that we live. This is our lifestyle. Look, everywhere we go, Everything that we say, it should bring glory to God. Our lifestyles, when someone see you, they should see him. Or should I say that again? When someone sees you, they should see him. And because we are the light of the world, because we are the salt of the earth, listen, what, 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 what light does is in this darkness, in this perverse and, and crooked generation, what, life do, what light does is it helps them to see through the darkness. It helps them to see through the lies. It helps them to see through the deceptions. It helps them to see through that which the enemy is setting up to keep them in bondage. The light. Lifestyle. So we have holiness. We have lifestyle. Number three. Mission. Everybody say mission. Mission. So, so mission is what we're going to focus on tonight. And I will... Lord's willing, maybe expound more on the holiness and lifestyles at another time. But I want to focus on mission tonight. Some of y'all are probably happy about that, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when, 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 when holiness is uh, uh, mentioned in the church, sometimes believers get nervous. See, but holiness... I said I was not going to teach on that, right? But, but you have to understand, as we said, holiness is a representative of who Jesus is, who God is, right? We're not talking about, you know, a bunch of rituals where it looks good on the outside and on the inside it's all messed up. 
That was the problem with the Pharisees. That was the problem with the Sadducees. That was the problem with those that Jesus was always rebuking and calling them vipers and hypocrites. It's about what's on the inside of you because what's on the inside of you will come out if you're living it. Okay, we're not going to preach on that because we don't want nobody nervous, all right? So mission, mission is what we're going to focus on, right? So um, turn, if you would, to a 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> and we're going to read from the uh, New King James Version, and we're going to start in verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, New King James, verse 1 reads, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Everybody say, preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. See, I told you that, right, Minister Floyd? <laughs> Be ready. In season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Yeah, say that again. Who is that said? My God. Say it again. Yes. For, them own, for themselves teachers. And will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Verse 5. But you, everybody say, he's talking to me now. But you, actually he was talking to us all along, all right, <laughs> about all of these things, right? But you be watchful. Again, we see the word watch, right? Be watchful. In all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So he says that we are to watch and pray. He says that we are to occupy until he comes. He says here that we are to do the work of an evangelist. So what is the mission of the church, Lord Jesus? What is the ministry mission of the church until you return, Lord Jesus? How are we to occupy, Lord, until you return? He says, preach the word, do the work of an evangelist. I'm just reading out of my Bible. I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't think it's any different than uh, anybody else's Bible, right? He says to preach the word, do the work of an evangelist. Now, now this is the thing, uh, uh, when you hear that word evangelist, right, uh, many times we, we uh, uh, I guess, look at that as someone who, you know, goes from one place to uh, 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 another, and they may even go to foreign uh, lands, and they may, you know, evangelize, they evangelize in, in foreign uh, nations or, or something of that nature, right? Now there is, according to Ephesians 5, there is what is called the fivefold ministry, right? The fivefold ministry, evangelist is, is included in the fivefold ministry. 
But we want to understand that here he is not talking about the office of the fivefold ministry. He is talking to every believer, every Christian. Do the work of an evangelist. You say, well, how, how can you uh, uh, know that so, 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 uh, so well? Well, one of the ways I can know it is because that word evangelist there uh, in the Greek, it is pronounced euanlistis, euanlistis. And it simply means this, messenger or one who brings good news. One who brings good news. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that the church, what the church has to offer is the best news in the universe. Right? Best news in the, in the universe. And so we are not to package this news. We are not to hoard this news. We are not to keep this news, this good news, to ourselves. He says that we are to preach the word. Say it again, preach the word. Preach the word. Do the work of an evangelist. An evangelist. Everybody say, I'm an evangelist. Yeah, everyone is an evangelist because everyone is called, in terms of a believer, everyone is called to uh, preach the word and to evangelize his world, his world, right? Uh, what is your world? Is it your workplace? Is it your grocery store? Is it your neighborhood? Your world. We're called to evangelize our world. So, you know, you don't have to be uh, sent to uh, India or, 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 or Ukraine or, or, or any of those places in order to be an evangelist. You are an evangelist. Say it again. I'm an evangelist. Say it again. I'm an evangelist. So he says that we are to preach the word. Now, this is the deal. There, uh, uh, where he says that we are to preach the word, uh, the uh, New Living Translation says to proclaim with intensity, to proclaim with intensity. So this is not something that is a, a casual approach. Look, if we are too casual with this gospel, if we're too casual with sharing our faith, the lives of people could become a casualty. There are people that God put in your presence that you are to share your faith with. He put them there because you may be the only one who's able to reach them. There is what is called, we call it anyway, divine appointments. I believe, and, I, and I'm convinced of this, I'm convinced of this, and that is that the Holy Spirit, he is not casual about people hearing about Jesus. The Holy Spirit, he is not, uh, you know, in, in endeavoring to hold back this good news about Jesus to people. I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit is continually impressing upon us to share our faith, to share with other people. I am convinced that the Holy Spirit wants people to know about Jesus. 
Listen, we are here to help people to get out of their despair. We are here to help people to understand why they are empty on the inside. We are here to help people to know that there is an eternity and there is a heaven and there is a hell Look, the only, the only hell that a heathen is going to mention is when he's cussing. We have to tell people. It's our responsibility. Jesus says that we are to occupy. We are to take care of business until he comes. Say that again, amen. I got one amen in the house. Could I get another Amen. Amen. You know, for, for me personally, me personally, if I'm not talking about Jesus to someone, if I'm not sharing the gospel to someone, after a couple of days, I start to feel a void. I feel like there's something lacking if I'm not sharing uh, uh, Jesus with someone. Y'all know Jeremiah, right? You may not know him personally, but there's a book in the Old Testament. Jeremiah, right? Jeremiah 20 and verse 9, he said that the word, uh, the word of God uh, was in my heart and he said it was like a fire shut up in my bones. And he says, I could not hold it back. Look, you have the word of God. You have the, you have, you have the gospel. You have Jesus on the inside of you. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the gospel. Jesus is the good news. You have it on the inside of you. Listen, that is not where to stay. It is to come out. Come out. Let it be shared. Let it be. Come on, y'all. He's a good, good God. He's a saving God. He's a restoring God. He's a blessing God. Yeah, yes, he's a redeemer. He's a redeemer. How are people going to know that they are redeemed from death, destruction, and hell if we don't tell them? They ain't going to hear it on CNN, I'll tell you that right now. They're not going to hear it on Fox News, I'll tell you that right now. Equal time. I know what I mean when I say equal time. I, was, I probably shouldn't get into that. Come on. Preach the word. <laughs> Preach the word. Preach the word. Do the work of an evangelist. We are evangelists. We are. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray over you tonight. See, because... This has never been a difficult thing for me. That is, to share my faith. To preach the gospel. Paul said, Paul, let me just turn to it. <clears throat> now I have you to turn to it. So I want to pray over you. I want to pray. I want to pray for a spirit of boldness. I want to pray for a sense of urgency. I want to pray that there's, there's, that when we, when we pass people, that we give the Holy Spirit 
his way and not just pass them up. Because as I said earlier, I'm persuaded that the Holy Spirit is constantly, constantly impressing upon us to share this good news that we have on the inside of us. Can y'all say amen? So, so a few, a few, a few um, years ago, I remember uh, Pastor Vicki, she, she uh, taught a, a lesson on evangelism, right? A number of years ago on evangelism. And she referenced uh, there in the, the, the epistle of Romans. And she used the passage Romans 1 uh, through uh, Romans chapter 1, 14 through 17. And, and in that passage, the apostle Paul, he is writing to the, the believers at the church of Rome. And he said in that passage, beginning in verse 14, he says that I am a debtor, I'm ready, I'm not ashamed. I'm a debtor, I'm ready, I'm not ashamed. She preached that, she preached that a number of years ago, and it has always stayed with me. So it was not really a part of my initial notes. But I want to turn to that passage so we can see, uh, see from that how Paul looked at, at this whole thing about uh, sharing your faith, uh, preaching the gospel, and the, uh, the urgency and the intensity of, uh, of sharing your faith and the importance of doing it in this hour, this season, this time that we're in right now. So if you would turn to Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1. And uh, reading from the New King James Version, verse 14, Paul says, speaking to the believers, he says, I am a debtor both to Greek and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. Uh, New Living Translation, where it says wise and unwise, it says educated and uneducated. Verse 15, so as much as is in me, Paul says, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, first for, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So Paul says there, uh, uh, in the uh, uh, Amplified Bible, where he says that I am a debtor. He says, I have an obligation. He says, I have a duty to perform. He says, I have a debt to pay. And then he says, to all that I interact with. <laughs> to all that I interact with. Now, that's Revelation. You say, why? I say, I say it's revelation because um, I understand the Holy Spirit, part of his responsibility is to impress upon us to do this and to do that, right? But I also hear people say, well, unless I'm led to do, speak to this person concerning the gospel, then, you know, I don't do it. Well, I tell you, where the gospel is concerned and sharing your faith is concerned, the Holy Spirit is not casual. 
nor is he holding back. The Holy Spirit is constantly wanting people to hear this good news. Paul says, I am a debtor. <laughs> he says, I'm obligated. I'm obligated to discharge. I have a duty to perform. He says, and I owe a debt. Amplified. I owe a debt to all I interact with. There's very few times that I have uh, come in contact with someone that I'm not sharing the gospel with. Very few times. I was on the phone uh, with a representative for a vendor uh, last week, right? And so I'm, I'm talking to him, and, and after, you know, the business that, that, uh, that uh, needed to be taken care of, care of, as I always do, after that was taken care of, I, I, I many times will ask them this. I will ask them, so where are you based at? And they will tell me, many times it's the Philippines. This particular time it was um, in College Park, uh, Georgia, right? And so I began to talk with Kevin. And as I'm talking with him, I'm telling him about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I could, I could you know, you can sense on, on the phone how a conversation is going, correct? And I could sense that he was being, he was a, 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 a really being rejective <laughs> of the gospel, right? And so I continued to talk with him. Uh, you say, well, why are you saying this? I'm saying this because Paul says that I interact with them all. And, 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 and the, the word of God also says this, that we are to be tireless. We are to be determined. We, we, look, we are to be persistent. We, look, y'all, we, we, we are to be uh, uh, tenacious about this. We are to be relentless about this. Jesus says, go into the highways, go into the hedges and compel them, compel them. So I'm talking to Kevin. And I can see that he's been, uh, he's uh, restraining himself, right? And he's quiet. And then he said, well, you know, I really don't want to uh, hear all of that. But I sense something entirely different. So I'm persistent. And I say to Kevin, I said, and, and, and I say this often to, to those that I witness to. I start conversations off this way. And that, and that is, you know, uh, maybe uh, where they work, how long you've been working here, right? Uh, how long have you lived here, right? In this case, he's, he's uh, a resident of College Park, College Park Georgia, and I, and I say to him, uh, uh, Kevin, do you know that God is thinking about you right now? And I say to him, God loves you tremendously. And I say to him, God has a divine destiny and purpose for your life. And I can sense the quietness on the other end of the phone, right? And I, I continue to talk with him. And then he comes back and says this. He says, it's interesting that you would say that, some of the things I said to him. He says, I have had two people in the last, uh, within the month, who have come to me and they have said that 
you have a ministry of prophecy, right? And so I go on and I lead him to the Lord, right? I mean, how, how in the world, well, if that's the case, uh, and I believe that it is because God sends people, God uh, makes divine appointments, how in the world is he ever going to step into his ministry, into his purpose as a prophet if he don't get saved first, if he don't hear the gospel first, if he don't hear the good news first, if he don't hear from Jesus first? <laughs> 